A Gentleman Always, a weekly discussion of gentlemanly topics. Visit us on the web at agentlemanalways.com. Call the show at 480-788-4368. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Patrick and Damian James. Welcome to the first episode of the Gentleman's Podcast. I'm your host, Damian James, and I am here with Ryan. Hi. And Sam. Hi. Ryan is actually the co-creator of the whole Gentleman Always franchise, and uh, it, it kind of started as we were just kind of tossing around ideas for a Gentleman Always one day. Do you remember how it actually started out? Uh, was it with the homeless guy or was that afterward? No, that was much afterward. Uh-huh. How did it start? It started while I was still in Korea and we were, uh, we were chatting back and forth on Facebook or something like that. And you, uh, were talking about dating somebody new and said, uh, something, I, I can't remember what you said, but it said something about how the relationship was progressing and I made a comment to the effect of, uh, a gentleman always says thank you afterwards. Uh-huh. And then that led to about 15 other ge- a gentleman always things right after. <laughs> the a gentleman always sayings have appeared on the Facebook page, um, which uh, we'll link to on the, on the podcast website. But the, uh, some of the sayings are very normal, like a gentleman always... Uh, opens a door for a lady a gentleman always uh picks up the check at dinner but then it got into a like a little bit more edgy stuff like uh a gentleman always picks up the check for an abortion which is you know technically it's true but <laughs> and then there are like other ones like uh a gentleman always leaves a check on the dresser when departing a one night stand because this lets the lady know that she has value in your eyes <laughs> Sam how do you feel about that I think it's hilarious, actually. If somebody left you a check on your dresser after departing <laughs> after a one-night stand, how would you feel about that? I would feel really, really offended, and then I would go cash it. Uh-huh. So you would <laughs> cash the check. Well, well, yes, probably so. Depends on how much it was. That's a good point. We need to bring that up. How much is an appropriate amount to leave, Damien? Well, that all depends on your uh, your perception of uh, how things went and, um, you know, how how satisfied you were with the evening. I, I would say it could be anywhere from, from, from 10 to maybe 20 maybe even $30. $30 American? <laughs> yes. And that's $30 American if you're in America. If you're in Asia, then it's much less. Unless you're in Japan. I should command at least a starting point of $500. At least. $500. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you seen what, what I call girls high priced ones? They're worth a lot of money. I'm, I, I have a lot of value to me. Actually, if you check the going rates for prostitutes, no. Call girls nowadays. I mean, if you're not talking about the Charlie Sheen New York prostitutes, uh, or call girls, I should say, um, like you just go local and uh, you know you get on your your local guide. You're looking at anywhere between um, like 125 an hour for in call to like two to three hundred an hour to um, 
500 an hour, but you're not going to find many over 500 an hour. And those people usually have a little bit of uh, background that commands the extra price, like they worked in adult film or, um, you know, they, they do this or that that's kind of over and above what you would normally get with a call girl. Um, but uh, no, um, 500. But this is 500 an hour. If, if he took her out on a date and everything and spent the entire night, that's going to be a lot more than an hour. And you're getting the girlfriend experience with that. And that's additional additional cost for that, Thank too. You. Well, you're also failing to factor in the cost of dinner. Because <laughs> I don't remember uh, taking many prostitutes out to dinner. If you want the girlfriend experience, that's what you do. Um, No. No, you don't. <laughs> Damien, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where do you get all your detail on prostitute pricing? Um, if you go to Eros Guide, you can find, uh, like, uh, th there are agencies and there are independent contractors, and they will post on this site, um, you know, in sometimes uh, without prices, sometimes with prices. I haven't spoken to any of the ladies directly, um, but I was actually uh, going through the site because one of these episodes, I hope to have someone with a little, uh, little bit of that experience come in and speak on the podcast. I think it would be very interesting. Like a John or a prostitute? A prostitute. Yeah, okay. That would be far more interesting. Or, or call girl. Let's use yeah. the polite term. Sex worker. <laughs> a sex worker. Yeah. I think call girl sounds worse than prostitute to me. No. It sounds like, I, I think it does. Like prostitute, I think, sounds like a profession. Call girl just sounds like someone at your beck and call. I think Sex worker, I think, is the most neutral. I think prostitute brings to mind an image of the streetwalker for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, prostitute does? Yes. Call girl, I don't know. Okay, okay, maybe. I agree. I think prostitute, I think, you know, cheap streetwalker. I don't think, you know, high-end call girls got class to it. Hmm. What about ho? Ho, um, not necessarily even a monetary transaction. <laughs> uh, this could be had for anything from a ride in a, in a, in a colorful car to a, uh, you know, to a, to a, a little fingernail full of blow. Um, <laughs> to a CD. I mean, like, whatever you've got lying around. Exactly. And the other thing with hoes, you have to be careful because hoes are liable to just steal things. Like, they'll say, oh, you know, they'll act like it, there's no charge, but... Um, there's a they, hidden fee. Right, because they're... they're that's the hoe tax, because they're, they don't tend to be, um, you know, somebody that would, would truly be classified as a hoe. And, I mean, you can call anybody a hoe, but um, the people that would tend to fit the real classical definition of hoe... Um, usually not a whole lot of money and usually, you know, a few habits that aren't very healthy. So, uh, um, anything to, uh, to lift while you're stealing or while you're sleeping is, uh, something to be considered. Hmm. Can men be hoes? Men can be hoes. Um, although it typically carries less of the economic connotations because men... Uh, oftentimes just are hoes, and they just act on it when they can. Hmm. I want to be a courtesan. Oh, a courtesan. Yeah. The, 
That sounds fancy. It yes. Fancy and it, educated and beautiful. Yeah. When I think of, of courtesan, I think of did you did you ever watch the series Firefly? Mm-hmm. I always think of her. That's uh, what I think too. I, I yeah, that's exactly what I think of. Or I think of uh, did you ever play Assassin's Creed? They always had courtesans in Assassin's Creed too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, but they're fancy. That's the point I'm trying to make. Right. <laughs> so, um, prostitutes, call girls, courtesans aside, um, let's see. Uh, well, Sam, um, you have just recently gotten into the world of online dating, which is partially my fault because I've been involved in the world of online dating and, um, and now Sam is past 13 years. Um, let's see. Yeah, probably. And the thing is, like when I started with the whole online dating thing, it was terrible because no like everybody didn't have a digital camera. Everybody was just kind of like I'll uh you know, you had to go to to the Kodak photo CD and get your pictures developed and put on CD, or you had to have a scanner, or you had to have a digital camera. Right. And it was all kind of expensive back then, so half the people didn't even have the pictures up, and you were dealing with a very small segment of the population that actually knew about right. the and, internet and how to... Plus, back then, there was still a stigma surrounding it, whereas now it's one in five relationships start out online. I did not know that, but that's an interesting t- uh, statistic. Um, but yeah, it, it's now everybody's online and now everybody is just kind of like relating to people normally through social networks and online and yeah. online dating isn't a big thing. So, um, you still meet, um, good people and you can meet creepy people and Sam has been meeting some <laughs> creepy people. And the reason we bring it up on the podcast is because sometimes you wonder if, Someone just uh, doesn't really know how creepy they're being. And so we will read some some examples of maybe some things these people have said. So, so tell us a story. Tell us a story about um, you had a date um, this weekend, correct? I did. Okay. And it was my very first online date. And he seemed like a nice man, a few years older than myself. Um, I was a little suspicious because he didn't seem to have any um, prior long-term relationship experience, but I, you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt. So this guy's approaching 40 and he hasn't had any prior long-term experience. That is correct. He is 39 and had not had any real... That is a huge red flag. It, It is a huge red flag. It is a huge red flag. And he also had some really unique, like, dietary restrictions that he chose to implement on his own lifestyle and that was a little strange to me but i went with it he was nice what what restrictions are these oh he had decided that he was going to go on a gluten-free diet and that he was also going to go on a a lactose-free diet so he gave up you know milk and he gave up um you know any wheat product um was really into making his own alternative flour mixtures and baking And yes, I know you're probably listening, thinking, that's a lot of red flags. But he was educated, smart, did have some interesting things to say. His profile, he at least appears to be attractive. So I agreed to go out with him. It was my first online date. I was excited. So we go to meet for dinner. 
And uh, then he steps out of the car. And I will say, just the moment I saw him, he, he just reeked of desperation. But, like, physically, you could really smell it, or... Oh, I just... <laughs> now, this guy, uh, was he... Was this person shorter than they described themselves online? Oh, definitely. Definitely okay. shorter. Definitely much thinner hair. Um, Pro profile like picture from like 10 years ago? Easily. Easily 10-year-old profile picture. See, that, that's something like that. That, that just I, I don't understand why people do that. They're just setting themselves up for disappointment because if you go out there and you're advertising with this product and then you show up and it's this product, a, a totally different thing, then... From my point of view, if I did, if that happened to me, I would just be pissed off. I would, it would start the day out on a bad foot. It does two things. Number one, you misrepresent yourself, and two, you show a lack of of confidence and just yeah. being comfortable with your own appearance. Right. Which, right. you know, is equally bad. Mm -hmm. So please continue. <laughs> well, so after after um, quick introductions, we you know, walked into the restaurant and he promptly put his arm around my waist to move me along. Um, having met him for about 30 seconds, I was a little uncomfortable with the immediate contact, especially since I knew from the moment I saw him that, that this was not going to be a good match for me. Um, we proceeded to sit down and order food and, um, you know, just began to engage in conversation. Uh, just his general over-eagerness, his body language, I, I just, you know, all I could think of from the moment we sat down was how much I wanted out. So it was at that point that I so, started... So what, 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 can you give us some examples of the over-eagerness or the body language that was such a big turnoff? Um, so he kept staring at me, <laughs> not looking at me and engaging in conversation, sure, but right. staring at me. And there's a very big difference between meeting someone's eyes and staring at them. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and as we were chatting, he kept peppering the conversation with different comments about, like, about the future and us being a couple. And, again, I, I met this man for, for, for just minutes at a time. Yeah. Had you, like, had much contact with him via email or anything beforehand? Or? So we had had two prior phone conversations. Um, the first phone conversation was actually rather long. It was probably a couple of hours, but I would say it was very, um, very uh, polite, but not necessarily a warm conversation. Sure. It was very uh, matter of fact, what do you do? Do you like your job? It wasn't a really personal, intimate conversation. It was just basically getting down, you know, the basic details. Um, the second conversation was a little bit more um, engaged. I could definitely tell how eager he was to, to meet me. Um, my schedule had opened up due to unforeseen circumstances, which allowed us to, to be able to go on a date. And it was very apparent at that point that he, you know, the date couldn't come soon enough. Yeah. So once, once we started talking and, and once I realized, well, I realized from the beginning that I wasn't interested, um, I was scrambling to figure out what I could do to kind of politely demonstrate my disinterest and turn him off. Um, so I started talking about the ex-boyfriend. Um, and, 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 and quite enthusiastically did I talk about the ex-boyfriend. Um, you know, talked about how hurt I was and how I wasn't quite over the ex-boyfriend in an effort to really show him that I wasn't, you know, good dating material. 
didn't work yeah. at all. Um, once I saw I'm, that... I'm totally not surprised that that didn't work. Though. I mean, <laughs> from what you've told me so far, this, this guy sounds like he was kind of oblivious. He sounds like he didn't know... I mean, if, if he's 39 years old and he still hasn't ever had a long-term relationship, it's, it sounds like he probably doesn't have good social skills, probably can't read cues. That's my guess. And I mean, like, if he, if he doesn't even know how to make eye contact at that age, I mean, I, I, it's not at all surprising to me that that wouldn't work. Well, lesson learned. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I tried different approaches. I definitely tried yawning a lot, making lots of comments that I don't sleep well, and then I, I would probably want to go home early because I was very tired and had a long week. Uh, just, you know, various approaches to, to try and, and demonstrate my disinterest. Um, all ineffective. Um, after we ate dinner, he asked if I wanted to, to, to go out for coffee. I struggled to say yes, but again, in an effort to just be polite and give him the benefit of the doubt, I agreed to go. Um, once we got up, he immediately put his arm around me and said, let's go, honey. <laughs> and uh, I will say I immediately scooted forward to get out of his, his grasp. Um, once we got outside, he walked straight up to me, threw his arms around me, and swooped in for the kiss. I had known this man for a, a grand total of an hour at this point. Um, after he attempted to kiss me, I immediately pulled away and kind of shoved him gently away and made the comment that while in my online profile I had indicated that I do like affection, I do not like to be touched by people that I don't know well. Uh, his next comment to me was, oh, I'm just trying to hold on to you for warmth. Um, I then suggested that he go to his car immediately and get a jacket. Um, still not reading the cues. So I, I guess just to kind of fast forward, we then go to the coffee house. We each get our drinks and then we sit down and he pulls out his iPhone to show me some photos of his life. There were 126 of them. And I would have to say that at least 50 of those 126 photos were pictures of his parents at the beach. <laughs> well, I can tell you that they were a very happy couple based on the photos. It was painful to sit through. It was also very disturbing that this man's entire social circle revolved around his family that lived in another state. Yeah. So... Okay, we're back rolling, and uh, we're talking about the uh, the uh, the quality of the matches that uh, Sam and I have both been on eHarmony here for a little while, and we have been um, kind of joking about the quality and attractiveness of the matches that we get sent, and uh, Sam just showed us a picture, and uh, yeah, how, how in how many ways does this not match with what you specified? Okay, let me let me let me pull pull the photo back up. Um, well, so a couple of things. I indicated that my age range was thirty to forty, and that that was extremely important to me. Um, I would say, by and large, eighty percent of my matches are well over the age of forty. Um, Forty-seven actually seems to be the most common age. Um, another, um, item that I put as being very important was fitness, also attractiveness and height. So this particular gentleman is two inches taller than me, um, in horrendous shape, 
and uh, 47 years old and um, not at all attractive and, and bald. Um, I'm not exactly sure what criteria he um, has that uh, matches to what I, I chose on my profile. Mm -hmm. I also um, have noticed a great number of profiles showing that there are no kids. And yet when you look at the photos, you'll see pictures of these men with their children um, I'm not quite sure how that works out. Um, so as a general rule, you know, so far it's been a really poor sampling of about 50 people that I've gotten in the past week. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would probably give, just based on photos alone, maybe 3, a 6 or 7. Um, well, I, th I think that this is something that people go into online dating not thinking about. But if you meet somebody out in the real world, I mean, like, there's a very, very slight chance that you're going to be attracted to them. And I let's say you meet 100 people. I, Damien, how many of the 100 people are you going to, are you likely to be attracted to? Not many. And the other thing oh, that we have to... We, I think for me, you have to even go to 1,000 to even make it statistically significant. I think if I met 100 people, I would probably meet, you know, one to three that I found reasonably attractive. And... When you deal with meeting people in real life, you've already self-selected a, uh, a segment of the population that you come into contact with. If you are a yeah. you know, middle-class, white-collar, um, you know, you're going to meet people at work, you're going to meet people at the dining establishments that you frequent, and it's going to be kind of more or less around your area. Now, online dating is a much wider segment of the population, mm -hmm. and... Uh, there you are with with all of those people and yeah in general um you know you're you're gonna end up with uh with a less attractive set to start with just by the nature of the the selection well for from my perspective i don't necessarily know that i i think my numbers of of, of who i would find attractive are as low I mean, so much of attractiveness is demeanor and body language and personality, especially as a woman. Um, it isn't just visual cues, so that's certainly the first no. thing that you look for. But let's say, like, let's say you go out and you meet 100 people and you talk to them for 30 seconds. And, you know, within that 30 seconds, you can get a pretty good sense of their demeanor, how they carry themselves, even an intelligence level from a quick yes. conversation. So after that, how many would you? So maybe, 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 I, maybe five, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that's such so a... So you said three out yeah, of 50, I, I, I agree, no. five out of a hundred, But But again, similar. It, it is meeting people and, and getting to know them and taking in all these different cues in order to make that sort of determination. My biggest complaint, though, with the online dating is, is again, you know, what I find attractive and what another woman find attractive may be very different, but... I, I set a very specific set of criteria. If I want someone that's taller than six foot, then don't give me someone that's five six. Mm -hmm. um, even if the, the pool of available men you give me is, is, is very small and selective, I, I would rather look at five people that are a close fit versus 20 people that aren't a fit at all. And that's really my, 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 my first major complaint with this whole filtering process is that I am paying them for a service. I am paying them to take my criteria 
compare them to other people's criteria and give me something to select based on what I chose. And I'm not seeing that at all. Well, um, on the other hand, I suppose they have a, a, a large bucket of people that aren't going to be selected by many and they have to kind of keep those people in rotation because they really don't have that many seven, eight, nines to uh, hand out in the system. <laughs> um, but yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, men lie oftentimes about their height. And sometimes it's not a subtle lie either. It's ridiculous. And especially when they're, they're going out with, how tall are you? I'm five foot eight. Okay, five eight gives you a pretty good yardstick with which to measure the height of your partner. If you're five two and you're going out with somebody that says they're you know five eleven and they're only five nine, it's not that big of a difference because they're significantly taller than you either way. But five eight and somebody says they're six foot and they're five ten, you know. That is absolutely correct. And uh, women will lie about different things, but they will lie too. Um, if you've been on online dating sites long enough, especially if you're male, you'll notice um, there are a lot of people that take pictures of themselves at weird angles, <laughs> and sometimes they're not even shy about, like, sucking in their cheeks and making weird faces. The and, duck face. Oh, no, Sam, you, you can laugh. <laughs> yeah. You can laugh. <laughs> the duck face. That's what yeah, the duck face and the angle shot and, you know, um, and sometimes yeah, it's, it's ridiculous and... Uh, and they'll, they'll lie about uh, you know, their age, and they'll lie about um, uh, weight. Weight. Weight, yeah. But I think the bottom line is for men and women to just kind of represent yourself honestly and confidently. And if there's something you're not comfortable with about yourself, you should try to change it. I mean, there's, there's, there, there are two ways to approach dating, and it's the same way you approach marketing. Billy Mays never pitched an Apple product because Apple made good products, and they didn't need somebody screaming and yelling on an infomercial to sell, to sell their iPods. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you can either improve the quality of the product you're selling, or you can improve the volume and the, uh, the, the frequency of the marketing, and and try to market that product better and ideally you would try to do both but spending all your time on marketing when you're not improving the product is not doing a huge benefit to anyone no no i i i, I do i do absolutely you know agree with that too i mean but again in my profile i indicated that that Outdoor activities, health and fitness were huge things for me. So again, I hope to be matched up with people that have similar interests. And typically, if you have those interests, well, then you're you're kind of the build I'm looking for. But. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty good yardstick too, especially by the time like you're you're starting to enter your 30s, and if somebody is still remaining active at this stage in their life, there's a much more there's a much higher probability that they'll continue to stay active. That is kind of the advantage of of dating at 30 because you can kind of see how people are are going to to live by how they they have been living because it you can't really see it when somebody's 20 people change a lot between 20 and 30 mm -hmm. but you can see it oh you can say it you can say it <laughs> <laughs> like say that to our friend damien here yes the last 
The last young lady I went out with was 19, and uh, I don't think we're going to keep seeing each other because we just didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Shocked. I'm Surprising. <laughs> I will admit that... I teach 19-year-olds, and I don't have a lot to talk about with them either. Yeah, well, my last relationship, there was a 12-year age difference, but again, we started dating when I was 30 and he was 42. Therefore, I wasn't grown up. I at least had shared grown-up life experience. You know, the thing that him. I think people always think, though, is they think that their current age is grown up. So 20-year-olds think that they're grown up. When I was 20 years old, I thought I was grown up, too. When I was 30 years old, I thought that I was grown up. And I think that the older I get, the, the higher I move that yardstick. I think so, the point at which I would say you're grown up is when you stop thinking you're grown up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that, but I will say that as you get older um, and you've experienced a lot more life, the less gap you notice in maturity level when you are involved with people that are older. Yeah. Well, personality does tend to solidify at about the age 30. It's very hard to change somebody's personality after that point. Set Before, in their ways. Yeah, you, get, you really do. You get set in your ways. And you have to have something traumatic happen to you to shift your personality after that point. So, I mean, that does make sense. And, and, and I agree with that. And I would say that that really, the moment where I felt like I, I was defined as maybe who I am now, though I certainly hope to evolve and improve with age, evolve and improve with age, I was, I was about 30. 30 was really, when I really felt like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible now. I'm not a kid anymore. I can't get away with that anymore. Yeah. Okay, well, we're just about at the 30-minute uh, mark here, so we're going to keep it brief for our first run of the podcast. So we hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know how frequently we're going to release these, at least weekly, maybe two in a I week. I think weekly to start is a good idea. Okay, then we'll probably do it weekly, but we will um, um, try to be consistent about it, whatever we decide. So, um, yeah, we... Spend a lot of time talking about online dating. We'll see where we get next week. So uh, this is uh, Damien James and Sam and uh, Ryan. Ryan Patrick. <laughs> saying goodbye. Good day. <laughs> Good day. This has been an episode of A Gentleman Always. Visit us on the web at www.agentlemanalways.com. Email us at show at agentlemanalways.com. Call the show at 480-788-4368 and remember to leave your callback number.